your generosity is absolutely supreme. Um, and I think the gifts that we have received from this church, our church family, are characteristic of the generosity of your love, which you have never failed to show us in the whole time that we've been here. So I thank you, not just from myself, but from Peter as well. We were truly overwhelmed last night by the love and the kindness and the wonderful words. So thank you. A special word to our young people as well. Thank you so much for the beautiful cards. Uh, I'm going to read all of that and just for your participation today. These things don't just happen. You rehearse and you give God your very best. And we are blessed by you. And what I will say is that you take time to thank your leaders as well because your leaders do an incredible job and for the rest of your life, you will never forget them and the input that they've had in your journey of faith. So I just want to thank you all for that. For all those who were involved in last night, and just to say a wonderful thanks to our amazing team, not just the ministers, but we've got Graham, uh, Graham, Gerard, I do apologize. <laughs> Gerard, I'm so sorry. Gerard, my head's all over the place. Andrew, Mark, um, Alison Bryan, who's coming in, Ollie, just amazing sister, so wise and worked incredibly hard as well. And for my colleagues here, um, just wonderful people, look after them, okay? Please, uh, they're very precious. Uh, you, you, you look after them, okay? So that's enough from me. And we're going to have a few words, I hope, from... I'm going to introduce somebody I love, is Kid President, and he's going to share a couple of minutes about how we can change the world, and if we can just dim the lights, that would help us to see. Thank you. There are lots of ideas how you can change the world. Some people think you should just complain about it. That won't change the world, it'll just make it mad. Some people think you have, have lots of money money, making it rain everywhere you go. Holla for a dollar. Some people think you have to be really loud and yell a lot. It's like with a bullhorn shouting. Hey you, yeah you, do it my way right now, you heard? Other people choose to just make fun of everything. That's dumb, that's dumb, everyone's dumb. It's easier to make fun of stuff, but it's cooler to make stuff. Some people think changing the world can only be done by the smartest person in the world. Just put them in a room, let them figure it out. The solution of world hunger? Food. Wow, that was like so amazing. Some people see the bad in the world and they just decide to ignore it. But that won't help anything. Some people think you have to be really famous and super cool. In fact, lots of people think you have to be really powerful to make a difference. Like being mayor, or senator, or president. But the truth is, a title doesn't make you more important. The world is changed by you. It's one person filled with love. And they just have to live it out so they do something awesome. Then that person is filled with love and they do something awesome. It just goes on and on and on and on. And the next thing you know, everything's awesome. Some people think it's impossible to change the world. It's impossible to change the world. 
Well, you can see why they could think that. Living in the world with kids who are hungry, people who are homeless, families weren't happy. I'm just trying to figure it out like everybody else, man. But I do know this, though. Next time you feel overwhelmed or totally alone, remember this. Things don't have to be the way they are. The world is changed by ordinary people. Little people living out big love. And that's what gives the world a reason to dance. So, how do we change the world? At the start of this year, I asked all you... We have to stop it there. Boy. There's a, few, there's a few more, there's about another minute on that. Um, but if you want to check him out, I love Kid President. He's great. Um, so, little people giving out big love, okay? That's how we change the world. And in preparing to leave, uh, Martin has highlighted to me the importance of finishing well. And in fact, the Apostle Paul wrote in 2 Timothy 4, 7, I fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. And in that letter, he encourages Timothy to be conscientious in his ministry as an evangelist. And the charge that he gives to Timothy is one that we all take for ourselves. And so I want to end well this morning by encouraging and challenging you, okay? So our reading that Paul read so well, uh, the Sermon on the Mount actually sets the stage for the mission of God through Jesus' teachings and actions. And the Beatitudes describe the essential character of those citizens of the kingdom of heaven. And so the images of salt and light indicate those citizens' influence for good in transforming our world into God's kingdom. And it's really interesting when you look at the verses beforehand that the verses that we've read this morning follow Jesus' teaching on the impact of the world on the Christian, okay? But here, Jesus describes the impact of the Christian on the world, okay? And I came across this great quote. Dr. Michael Youssef says this. Jesus said, we are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Being salt and light is not optional. Jesus did not say, you can be, or you have the potential to be. He said, you are. You are the salt of the earth, the light of the world. Present tense. So everyone who has trusted Christ for salvation and is born again is the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Now, salt, we know, has a number of uses as a preservative, and in Old Testament times, it was associated with purity, and salt was so precious in ancient times, it was used as currency. So I don't know how you young people would feel if your mom and dad said to you, here's your pocket money, and gave you a handful of salt. But that's how it was used back in ancient times. But as we heard in our reading, salt gives flavor. And the message translation of that passage in Matthew speaks of bringing out the God flavors of this earth. And I love that image in that translation. 
Disciples, if they're true to their calling, make the earth a purer and more palatable place. But they can only do that as they preserve their distinctive character. You are in the world, but you are not a part of it. So Christianity is to life what salt is to food. Now, when I cook pasta, anybody here cook pasta? Mm-hmm. Okay. Tara, straight up. Woo. Uh, when I cook pasta, I add a great batch of pasta to boiling water. And then I add a pinch of salt. Now, the quantity of pasta to salt is very different. But here's the thing, you see, here's the thing. The salt is not intimidated by the size of the pasta, okay? Not at all. And if the salt could speak, it would say, I'm going to make a difference here. I'm going to make a difference. I might be small, but I'm going to make a difference here. And so the essential quality of salt is the difference that it brings to the environment that it's placed in. It draws out the distinctive flavor. And even if that company of disciples is no more than a pinch in a big bad world, they are still called to perform their works so that their God, who is strong and rich and powerful, can spread through the world and change it. So Christianity lends flavor to life. In a worried world, the Christian should be the one who remains at peace. And people notice that. In a depressed world, the Christian should be the one who remains full of joy. But you know, I'm going to say it here. Sometimes we don't do ourselves any favors here. We're almost considered to be killjoys, you know. Because so often, people have connected Christianity with precisely the opposite. It's a well-known comment that people going to church look like they're going to the dentist. And, and if that isn't bad enough, when we come out, we look like we've been to the dentist. Don't experience that again. When God abides in us, then our lives become part of the message of God. And that's really powerful. And he said that St. Francis of Assisi, when sending out people to evangelize, would say something to the effect, by every possible means, preach Christ as you go. And if necessary, use words. Okay? Your example is really, really significant. The authenticity the genuineness of your Christian faith is revealed in the way you live. So there's no pressure, okay? It's, it is tough, it's tough. So let's move to light. Imagine a dark room, if you will. You light a candle, you put it on a stand, you stare at it and you say, oh, something missing here. A bowl, that's it, a bowl. And so you get a big bowl and you put it over the candle. And when you do that, you make it dark again. And more than that, you extinguish the light. And we might laugh at that image, but it's quite a powerful one. It sounds absurd, but how often do we treat our faith like that? As if it's something to be hidden 
or secret. The primary purpose of the lamp is to be seen. And so Christianity is something which is meant to be seen, not hidden. So just like salt, the light affects its environment by being distinctive. A disciple whose character is different is going to have an effect on everyone around them, okay? Wherever you are. But we've got to get this straight. This is not about us here, okay? That's not what we're salt and light about. This isn't for us to sort of big ourselves up. The aim of being the light is not to promote yourself, but to direct people to God. That's what it's about. By opening up to others, says the message, you'll prompt people to open up to God. Our good deeds ought to draw attention, not to ourselves, but to God. And so we've got to resist the temptation of thinking of what we have done, okay? And more what God has enabled us to do. So we must never seek to draw attention to ourselves, but always to direct others to God. Because if we chase after praise, if we chase after thanks and prestige for what we've done, we've got it the wrong way around. That's not the way it's meant to be. There's a biblical commentator called Charles Price, and I like this that he writes. A light bulb is never to be congratulated on its ability to shine. Thank you, light bulb. It bears some responsibility, of course, but the visible light has its origin in the electricity source. If you take that same bulb and detach it from the electricity supply, there's nothing wrong with a bulb in itself, but it is incapable of shining. So that's salt and light. You are the salt and light of the world. And you must say, I've got that, Kina, but what's next? One word, go. Go. Christianity should not just be visible within the church. If Christian worship, witness, and service only happens here and doesn't make it over the threshold into our communities, to our homes, our workplaces, our schools, our colleges... It ain't going to be any use to anyone, frankly. It should be visible in the ordinary activity of our lives. We don't have to do the big stuff. People notice the little stuff that we do, the language that we use, the way that we conduct ourselves. So remember this, Jesus did not say, you are the light of the church. He said, you're the light of the world. So go. Jesus began his outreach with the words, come and follow me, follow me. And ordinary people accepted his invitation and they left the familiar and secure to become his apprentices. But then there came a time when Jesus felt that his disciples should go. And maybe the disciples didn't feel ready to go out and probably said, well, hear what Jesus is saying, go, but you know what, I'm really not in that place yet. But I suppose if Jesus says we have to go, then we better go. Just think about how many times Jesus speaks about going. Martin preached last week on the sending out of the 72 in the parable of the sower. The sower went out to sow. 
the Great Commission. Go and make disciples of all nations. And on the Mount of Transfiguration, Peter says, this is just so cool. I paraphrase. This is just so cool, Lord. Can we just stay here and make tents for you, Elijah and Moses? And no, says Jesus. We've got to go back down the mountain, Peter, because that's where the mission field is. And it's our human nature to stay where it's safe and comfortable and unthreatening. Jesus commanded his followers to be the light of the world. He was basically saying, you need to be like me. You need to be like me. He's not asking us to produce our own light. We need to shine with a reflection of his light. And the radiance which shines from the Christian comes from the presence of Christ in our heart. So, your challenge is to be salt and light so that all people may encounter God through you. Yes, you. So get out there because it's time to be awesome. As you came in, you will have had a candle, I hope, and a little sachet of salt. Can I ask you to hold them in your hands? And uh, guys, you might need to help yourself because I'm just... That's about as far as my lead can take. Because we're going to say a prayer. And we're not going to light these today, but you are going to light them. But you're going to light them at home, okay? Because you're going to take salt and light over the threshold into the community. I want you to use these. Ladies, don't just put them in the bottom of your handbag. If it's anything like mine, I'll put stuff in there, forget, okay? Don't use these. That's what it's about. So when you have your next meal... You light your candle and you scatter your salt on your meal. Or if you don't have salt, put it in your cooking, okay? But these are given to you to use so that you might know I'm salt and light and I'm going to be used by God. So hold them in your hand. If you want to hold them both in your hand or one in each, that's absolutely fine. And I'm going to say a prayer. Lord God, we thank you that you call us salt and light. And sometimes we don't feel like with salt and light but you tell us that we are and we believe you and so for each of us will you teach us how can we provide salt and light where we are so you are the salt of the earth sprinkle us lord across our town our city across our world to bring the flavor of your kingdom wherever we go. You are the light of the world. Lord God, just uncover the radiance that is within us to shine the truth of your love wherever we go. And let your light shine before others. Lord, that everyone we meet may see our lives of worship and glorify you, our Father in heaven. Amen. And so we sing our next hymn, We Are Marching in the Light of God. <laughs>